Good evening, Vancouver, and welcome back to Canucks After Dark Trade Deadline Day Fun Fact. Our first show was Trade Deadline Day of last year, so almost the one-year mark in a couple of weeks of Canucks After Dark. As always, joined by my co-host, Canuck Clay. How are you doing today, Clay? I am good. I've caught my breath after catching up on all the trades. Not necessarily, the Canucks didn't keep us too busy, but certainly other teams did, and still doing right now but uh, overall a decent flurry of activity around the league and uh, a couple of decent moves by the team i know we're gonna get into but how are you uh, i am very good i am uh, pretty whelmed with the uh, with the last few days uh, last two days of trades i should say uh we do have uh, a bunch of stuff to break down whether that's the three canucks moves the three canucks losses the uh the other stuff going on around the nhl uh, so hopefully this will be uh, a fun show and I'm kind of looking ahead and I'm thinking, I'm like, we're not going to have many more fun shows for a while. Are we, uh, <laughs> considering, yeah. considering how this last, uh, the last seven games have gone for the Canucks, but that's okay. We'll take it in stride. Um, and do we want to get right into yeah. some of our marquee topics for the day? Or? Yeah. yeah. And just before we do that, Parker, I was intrigued by something you said right at the start. You said, that our very first show was a trade deadline show, but we haven't reached the year yet because last season was the shortened season. I get all that. So when is our one-year anniversary show? It's coming up, isn't it? So our, our first show was April 12th. I would imagine oh, that would be April 11th would be sort of our our one year. So two, uh, three, three, three weeks from now. Okay. We got to do something good for that. Well, it'll be, a, it'll be a birthday anniversary type of celebration. It'll be fun. Um, okay. Yeah, so we do have a bunch of news. We're going to go, should we go in chronological order over the last two days? Or do you want to start with with big ones? For I mean, They're all kind of the same. They're all important. And I always like to say we are Canucks after dark. So whether we talk about the three games or the Canucks trade, whatever you want. We're talking about the games for five minutes near the very end. Because uh, okay. I yeah, want to talk about them for as little time as possible. So hopefully we have no time left by then. Um, so it all starts yesterday uh and quite a few trades going on around the nhl yesterday uh but the canucks make their first move uh and it is sort of a sign of the philosophy and that is the vancouver canucks trading travis hamannick away to the ottawa senators Hmm. and get a third round pick in return uh instant analysis go I was surprised. I was surprised that the Canucks could get that much for Hamannick. I wasn't surprised they tried moving him. We've talked about how Hamannick, Myers, Pullman, and Shen all all share very similar characteristics. And we can get get into the minutia of how we technically got the pick that Zara's back. But to say that we got a third-round pick, regardless of whose it was, just happened to be ours, I think that's a pretty good haul for a guy who's making $3 million next year who has not been very consistent and not even consistently in the lineup. And when he's in the lineup, he's not being consistent. So I think this was a great start, a really good move, actually. It really was. So the first, it's the first real move made by this new management group. Uh, it is getting rid of a player who seemed overpaid from the start, right? If you think about from the, you think about last year, comes in on a PTO, makes uh, basically, you know, one one point two five or whatever it was last year, mm-hmm. uh, a pretty inconsequential amount of money. He was absolutely totally fine. Uh, comes back and gets re-signed. And I remember that day when he gets uh, signed as a free agent 
and we see the tweet that says two years, $3 million. And again, it's like, oh, that's one and a half million dollars per year. That sounds about right for Travis Hammock, but no, it's double that. Um, and it was a contract that uh, he shouldn't have been signed to in the first place. Uh, it's one that was sort of mired in controversy when he didn't join the team for the first few weeks of the season, and then he's been hurt. And then when he's been in the lineup, he hasn't been that impressive. He's been okay. Um, but but he seemed like a player who had no chance of having positive value, right? Yeah. A player who is 31 years old, uh, making $3 million this year, and has to make $3 million next year. Uh, and a team in Ottawa who has no aspirations of contending next year uh, and is, is in the heart of a lengthy rebuild, uh, kind of like the Canucks are, going out and paying a premium third round pick uh, for Travis Hamannick when it feels like no other team in the NHL would. Yes. And Hamannick, he seemed to age right before our eyes, didn't he? Because when you're right, when he first came here on that 1.25 or whatever, he was actually good. He had a slow start to that, that weird bubble year. But once he got in the lineup halfway through the year, he actually started to build some chemistry with Hughes. So at least there was maybe some hope or optimism there but yeah he quickly because of a slow start to this season lost his spot to shen had a, a couple chances to play with hughes but didn't re find that magic or whatever you want to call that word so uh, yeah he was relegated to the third pair with with hunt for the past month yeah so a, a third pairing defenseman mm -hmm. uh that the canucks that didn't have a spot in the canucks lineup really yeah. uh sort of number six number seven defenseman yeah uh when I heard the initial uh, the initial sort of buzz that Hamannick has been traded to the Ottawa Senators, my thought was, okay, either like the Canucks threw in a sixth maybe, uh, or like it was just for nothing, right? Future considerations. They get a free player. The Canucks get $3 million of the cap. Everyone's kind of happy. I mean, I still wouldn't be happy in Ottawa's shoes because it's kind of a waste of, waste of yeah. cash because he's making 3.25 next year in real dollars. Uh, and then it comes out that there's actually a return <laughs> and the Canucks are actually getting a third round pick uh, back. So the Canucks go from signing this contract that was uh, an overpay from the moment it was signed and they get an asset out of it. They get their own third round pick by way of uh, Vegas to Ottawa back to here um, because I guess he was part of the Dodonov trade from Ottawa to Vegas and we'll get to we'll get to Dodonov <laughs> in a little bit. Um but that that pick finally makes its way back into the Canucks' lap, um, and uh, yeah, honestly, a, an excellent, excellent start uh, to the trade deadline. You make a great point, Parker. It would be great if we, yeah, if we got Hamnick traded away for a sixth or a seventh, or even just for the cap space. But to get that space and uh, an asset in the top half of the draft this year, I think that's good work. I think that's really good work. Yeah, it's a it's an excellent move. Um, there's also some other stuff around Hamannick, uh, and Tiger kind of mentioned it in the comments here, and and I and I had a little a little line on it um, uh, on what Frank Cervalli said on yeah. uh, on 650 today, quote saying multiple players had reached out to say it was a breath of fresh air after they had gotten rid of Travis Hamannick. So uh, clearly not super liked in the room which makes us even more puzzling for ottawa because it's like if you're ottawa it's like hey maybe you're like maybe he's like a leadership guy for like the some of the young guys on the team but he clearly seems to be a player who just didn't really get along with with the team and 
and I mean, this is just a, such a win all around that like, and the, the things keep piling up on why this is such a good move. Um, that sort of flies in the face of what the previous regime did, uh, considering they're the ones that signed this contract. Uh, what are your thoughts on sort of the, the rumor mill around this? You know, Parker, that one's strange because for Sarah Valley to say that players reached out, are they saying to him directly? Like, why would a player reach out and say, Oh, by the way, I'm glad he's gone. Okay. See, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe he was, maybe, he had, maybe he texts some of them. Right. I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. all these insiders have a couple guys in every team that they, that they true. text with and, no, that's uh, true. maybe he was like, Hey, what are your thoughts on the hammock train? They're like, Oh, what? Oh, you want to hear my thoughts? <laughs> right. Like who knows? <laughs> uh, it is, yeah. uh, yeah, he's, it's, uh, he's certainly didn't do himself any favors by, by, uh, not reporting to the team or not, whether it was vaccination or COVID, who knows who, he, and he was very, we, we talked about this back in, in the fall. He was very, very, uh, I don't know. Elusive is the word I'm looking for in his, in his press conference. And that's fine. The team protect him. Fine. You know, I have a, a I don't know if soft spots the right way. I do have empathy for him a little bit because I think I know what he was going through. But um, at the same time, you all need to be pulling on the rope the same way. And when you're already trying to erase the the stench of last year and trying to get off to a good start and you don't have all the guys there for whatever reason, I'm sure that did not do him uh, any favors with his teammates. So I, yeah. I, I can kind of see where that's coming from. Yeah. So all in all, Canucks get an asset, uh, yep. third round pick. Uh, and moments later, uh, like 15 minutes later, the same day, still Sunday, still not trade deadline day. Uh, the Canucks, not that third round pick, but they take the other third round pick that they have in this year's draft from Winnipeg, uh, that they got from Nate Schmidt and they turn around and throw that in the direction of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And this is sort of the biggest move the Canucks made. Uh, and that is acquiring Travis Dermott from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, and just uh, I'll let you go into Dermot a little bit, um, but the, I just find it ironic. Uh, it wasn't confusing once we figured it out, but it wasn't it funny how it's a third round pick out, a third round pick in. How both picks had to do with Nate Schmidt. One was when we got him from Vegas. The other is when we sent him to Winnipeg. So it's third round picks. It's Nate Schmidt. It's it's defensemen. It's from Ontario. Like it, it was just pretty funny how it all happened. Like you said, within 15 minutes of each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so so I'll give you some some backstory on Travis sure. Dermott. He's 25 years old, just turned 25 a few months ago, so he'll still be 25 at the start of next season. Kind of falls into that window of, of age range that the the team's looking for. Uh, second round pick back in the uh, the 2015 uh, NHL draft uh, picked uh, the pick right before Sebastian Ajo um, <laughs> that Carolina picked. Um, uh, basically, he he's played in the NHL for this is his fifth season now. Um, he's sort of most known for his egregious giveaway in game six, uh, against Montreal last year. Uh, that was the overtime winner for Montreal. (laughs) So, um, but he's mostly regarded as a guy who, uh, just didn't really have a spot in in Toronto's lineup, uh, sort of was, was forced into a sheltered role. Um, but sort of has always had that top four sort of pedigree to him, uh, and just never really got too much of a chance to play there. Um, analytically wise. Um, only really good things to report, um, uh, using the, the, the J fresh card, which is data from top down hockey's model, uh, even strength offense, 52nd percentile. So basically middle of the road for defensemen, uh, even strength defensively 80th percentile. So a top 20% player defensively, um, uh, out of defensemen, um, not great. Like his, uh, his competition rate is, is 17th percentile, meaning he play, he's typically playing against like fourth line, uh, on the other side. 
uh, that he's going up against, but this is supposed to account for that to an extent because um, he's also playing with bad teammates most of the time. Um, but basically, he is a player who is, um, you know, a, a really good skater uh, by all accounts, um, a really smart player, but sometimes just doesn't put it all together and doesn't use uh, his skating and his intelligence, and he, and he makes mistakes uh, and things along those lines. That's sort of the scouting report I uh, I had heard. Now, again, we'll see. I'm, I'm sure he'll be in the lineup this week uh, for the Canucks, you would hope. Um, and for a third-round pick, if we look at this one in a vacuum, yep. uh, you know, kind of an odd move because you think, okay, they're, they're trying to develop for the future. But you look at the age, 25 years old. Uh, you look at the the controlled contract, uh, 1.5 million for this year and next year, RFA status at the end of that, so they can hold on to him. Probably won't be due for a big raise unless he plays excellent next year. Um, so they're getting basically a, a reasonably cost-controlled defenseman, uh, and this team needs defensemen. Yes, yes. And Parker, excuse me, did you say in there the fact that he's lefty, but he plays both sides? Excuse me if you did say that. I didn't mention that, that, no, because he is he is a lefty, but he says he doesn't really have a preference playing either side. I'd like to see stats on that, like because we have all these advanced stats. I'd like to see like a breakdown between when he plays left, when he plays right, Um, because I've I've said and again, I play at a much lower level, but I've said like when I play defense, I'm like, I don't care what side I play on. I realized pretty recently that I am way better on the right side. Even if I, even mm. if I say I, I don't care, um, it's a lot easier to play on your strong side, uh, just because you're pulling pucks off the wall on that side. Right. Um, it's, it's genuinely a lot easier and that's why we see it most of the time in the NHL. Um, so we'll see about that. Uh, but either way, uh, depth is depth and it's something the Canucks need. Yes. Um, I agree with you about the depth for sure. And I, I said on my stream last night that I reached out to Hot Take Hockey because he follows the Toronto Maple Leafs quite well. And I simply said, hey, man, we're going to be talking about this on Monday. I'm going to talk about it. Tell me about Dermot. And he said this. He said, versatile, hasn't looked great in top four, but untapped potential and has needed a confidence boost, especially untapped with his offensive game. Can play both sides. Could see me having a really solid role on the Canucks third pair, though, to start and maybe room for more. And I said, cool, man, thanks. I said, I presume no one in Toronto is crying over the deal. And he says, I met Dermot and I liked him. He just needed a change of scenery. So that gives me a bit of hope. And I think you Mm -hmm. mentioned this, the 1.5 versus the three, more flexibility money-wise, more flexibility on the ice. I think even not in a vacuum, looking at the two. And you could argue that the the third round pick out, third round pick in Winnipeg versus us, we're basically in the same part in the standings right now. You're basically looking Dermot for for Hamannick and a a 1.5 in savings. So I like it. it combined too. Yeah, when you do sort of take it out of the vacuum and you compare yeah. it, uh, you you package it with the Hamannick move. It gets really easy because you say, yeah, they they got a third round pick for Hamannick. They gave up a third round pick. Like you said, Winnipeg and Vancouver are going to finish. One's going to finish right next to the other in the standings, most likely at the end of the year. So that doesn't matter, right? Um, yes. Either way, it's going to be a pick in the 80s or 70s yep. or however that is. Yeah, I guess the 70s most likely. Um, so basically, what it ends up being is they get rid of Travis Hamannick. Uh, and they bring in Travis Dermott. One Travis for one Travis. It is a perfect, uh, the Travis ratio stays the same. Um, they get a player who is six years younger. They get a player who makes half the money. Mm-hmm. They get a player who uh, is an RFA after that year, so still reasonably yes. cost-controlled. Uh, they get a player who has uh, a higher pedigree, potentially, potentially untapped potential, and is already a better player. Mm-hmm. So... That's a that is a strong start 
They basically yep. go out and they just swap a worse defenseman for a better one. They save a million and a half off the cap and they, and they get younger. It is, there is no other way to look at it other than a slam dunk in my opinion. Yep. I agree with you. And for those of you worrying, well, how can we lose a, a right shot demon and Hamannick? We just said Dermot can play both sides and we still have Myers, Shen, Pullman coming back and Juleson playing until Pullman gets back. So uh, lots of options on the right side. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also a sort of wrinkle on the Ottawa trade for Hamannick. I, I saw a lot of people saying like, because Philippe, Wa- uh, Philippe Myers was on waivers the day before, oh. who is 25 years old and makes, I think, $2.8 million for this year and next year uh, and is better than Travis Hamannick already. And everyone's like, well, why didn't they just go get that guy? Still no idea. Um, <laughs> but that's a fun wrinkle to it. And it's just fun to sort of pile on uh, Pierre Dorian at this point. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So that was, the, that was the defense portion of our, of our show. <laughs> yes. Sticking to our uh, timeline, going going along the time. So that was everything that happened yesterday yes. for the Vancouver Canucks. This morning, something different happened. Waivers. Now, this was surprising because why would the Canucks be in on this? Uh, they're not in the really in the playoff hunt anymore. Uh, but the Canucks go out and they pick up Brad Richardson. Yes, the Brad Richardson who played for the Vancouver Canucks before. Uh, off waivers from the Calgary Flames, 37 years old uh, at this point. Remember, like, was that two years ago where he was absolutely insane for no reason in, yeah. in Arizona? Uh, where he scored, he scored 19 goals in 2018, 2019. And I think four of them were against Vancouver. Um, but he comes back to the Canucks uh, to, I guess, sit on the fourth line uh, yeah. and sort of try to fill in the Tyler Mott gap for the rest of the year. Yes, uh, great points. He can either play on the wing and he can fill in Mott spot. He can play in the middle. And then if you you can go send Patan back to Abbotsford while they're waiting for Dickinson. There's so many things. He just, he can play, because he can play wing and center, you can just use him somewhere in the bottom six. He's basically going to do what they hope Brandon Sutter was going to do this year. What's interesting, the the one thing I remember about Brad, Brad Richardson, Parker, is yes, he was here with us in 1314 and 1415. So eight years ago, so... And we thought he was old back then, <laughs> but yeah. I remember he was, he was on the ice when the Sedins had their final, their famous shift. Remember that four on three in overtime where they scored, uh, it was Daniel from Henrik and Edler and it was oh, yeah, storybook yeah. ending. And Richardson was on the ice with OEL, um, defending because Richardson lost the draw to Horvat and then Arizona didn't touch the puck after that, right? They were circling, circling, but it was just kind of funny how it was OEL on the ice. And it was Richardson on the ice. And now those two guys are playing for us. Just a small little thing I thought of today. Yeah. So this is this is just a, a fine move. Uh, again, yep. it, it has no long-term effect. It is a stopgap for the rest of this year uh, so that they have someone to fill the Tyler Mott uh, gap. Uh, yep. And it was sort of an indicator for most people. They're like, okay, well, it looks like Tyler Mott's getting traded then because that's yeah. why they would have gone out and and done this. Um, and I, I mean, I have nothing else really to, to put into that. Brad Richardson, historically good at face-offs. <laughs> uh, which is nice because the Canucks are bad at faceoffs. Yeah, uh, I think he's he. Uh, this of course. Uh, what was what is he at this year? He's at fifty eight point eight percent on wow. faceoffs, but he's only played like he's only done like a hundred and some faceoffs this year. Yeah. Uh, but he has he's historically in his career fifty two percent in the circle. So if they need him to to fill in for some draws, he can do that as well. Yeah. Um, but then the Canucks go out. 
And before you oh, press that button, can you okay. just uh, put in Jas Garden's uh, comment real quick? Yeah, and the key is he only makes eight hundred thousand, and we likely won't resign him with guys like Lockwood no. and Klimovich that we're looking at. So I think this isn't going to cost us anything past April thirtieth or J July first, technically. So yeah, let's not worry too much. This is simply, no. as you said, Parker, a stopgap just to help us finish off the year, really. Yeah, yeah, he'll just be a free agent. Yep. And probably, you know, maybe get an AHL deal or call it there. Um, so yep. the Canucks then uh, right under the gun, uh, right before noon, I think at 1150-ish, uh, we hear that Tyler Mott has been traded to the New York Rangers. There wasn't a lot of wait for hearing what the return was. Uh, and it is a fourth round pick in the 2023 draft. So not this year, hmm. but next year. Um, my first reaction to this was, wow, that's lower than the, the mid second that they were hoping for. Hey, yeah. Um, but if that was the best offer on the table, uh, which kind of surprised me, but it did seem that, you know, depth guys weren't going for as much, uh, this year as maybe we've seen historically in the past. Um, at least they got something for him, right? Absolutely. And we know the stories. Well, how far do you want to go back? There's there's Ravada, there's Ham Hughes. Recently, that one summer where somehow we lost Markstrom, that was an expansion thing. But Toffoli, Stetcher, and, and uh, Tanev all in one fell swoop. You got to start getting something for these UFAs, if you, especially if you know you're not going to sign in. And GM Patrick Alvin even said that today. He says uh, he, didn't, he didn't slam, he didn't throw Mott into the bus or anything. He simply said it became clear that we were not going to be able to re-sign him, so we needed to get something. Exactly what you said, Parker. And then when you look at it in that lens... It's good. It's good. It's something. Yeah, it's uh, it's just basic asset management, which is something that this team has struggled with in the past. Um, we mentioned last week uh, that Tyler Mott could be used as sort of your own personal rental if the mm -hmm. Canucks had, like we had hoped, one, two of those three games that we were hoping they might, uh, which, by the way, would put them above Vegas in the standings right now. Uh, but they didn't do that. Um, and it, and now it is, it made the trade deadline a little bit easier. I'm sure. Cause now they can say, okay, well, this isn't a team that's going to make a run. This isn't a team that we need to secure a rental for in the playoffs. Uh, cause if you were, then that 2023rd fourth round pick wouldn't matter to you, right? Like that's not very much. Let's just keep them for the playoffs and, or to try to make the playoffs. Um, so they, they trade them for basically nothing. I wonder if they maybe had a slightly better offer on the table earlier in the day. Hmm. The sort of my thought, like maybe someone had offered them a third or something earlier in the day and they had said, well, that's not enough for us to not try to resign him. So they sort of kept pushing and kept pushing until, you know, it was too late. They said, okay, let's get what we can then if, yeah. if you're asking for too much. And we've heard the rumors of, you know, like four years, two to two and a half million dollars. Um, that's just too much, right? You look at, mm -hmm. you look at Jay Beagle, Antoine Roussel, um, and, and those are things that get you in trouble when you sign guys depth guys for four years at, you know, two to $3 million. Uh, they can fall off a cliff really fast. Antoine Roussel looked like a, a pretty okay idea from the start uh, and fell off a cliff and was not very good uh, right off the bat. Yep. Um, you make a great point about that, about the depth, uh, about those type of players, because it's not an insult to say, that they're replaceable. It doesn't mean that we don't like Tyler Mott, that we don't appreciate everything he did for us, both on and especially off the ice with mental health. All those things can be true. And we can also still say though, but you can find a lot of players to do what he can do on the ice 
for even cheaper. And that's the business. That's why there's a salary cap. That's why GMs have to make tough decisions. So I, I know I've heard some people, Parker, say that, and I think it's his own agent, he doesn't like the term replaceable or or replacement level or, mm-hmm. or whatever. But let's be honest, that's why you have you know 21 different players being paid different levels on, on your team. Some get paid seven and a half million and others get paid one and a half million. It's that's the whole point. That's why you have a team. And that's why it's hard to manage the cap. So all to say there's going to, now that opens up a spot, whether it's for a move in the off season, whether it's for one of our young guys to come up and grab a spot. And that's what you have to do. You have to continue to find young guys on young contracts. If you're going to be paying some mega stars and big money, you have to. Yeah. It's, it's all about getting the most for your money. Uh, you can go out and get Tyler Mott and have a sure thing for a season or two. And if you're a contender, that might be something you really want to do. Yeah. Uh, in signing Tyler Mott into next season. Um, what the Canucks want to do is they want to take more shots on guys like you, Holamico, mm. right? Think guys that can do that same job, basically, maybe a little bit worse, but for way less money. Um, Matthew Highmore, another mm-hmm. example of that, uh, of a guy who has, who has looked pretty decent uh, and doesn't make all that much money. Uh, Nick Patan has only played a couple of games, but is sort of yeah. along the same lines. Kyle Burrows on defense, uh, Luke Shen on defense, right? Yes. You can go out and instead of paying these guys two to $3 million, if you, you can go out and sign a bunch of them at $1 million and you'll probably get pretty close, uh, similar results. And then you can allocate that money to better players up front, whether you have to put that money into a Brock Besser, uh, or a JT Miller. We'll see if something goes on there, uh, or if they want to do something in free agency, but they need that money. Um, and they can't just have, you know, they can't have a $9 million fourth line again. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? When you say it like that, Sorry, that's ridiculous. I, say, I meant $12 million yeah, fourth line. Six, three, and three. That's, that's, that's not good. No. No. What do you think? Why they have a $12 million, $13 million <laughs> second pair. Much better. That's true too. I'm I'm thinking about yeah. I'm thinking about the Rangers. I'm thinking about where Mott might fit in. I don't know their team well enough, but obviously it's if you're a Mott fan, it's great that he's going to have a chance to because you know uh, Carolina's the the good team in that division, but they might have a chance to at least win around and get to the the division final, which would be cool. Um, yeah, who knows? Yeah, uh, it, they're the the Rangers are a fun looking team right now, um, yeah. and I, they're going to love Tyler Mott. Uh, no question about it. Uh, I'm, he'll look, he'll, he'll fit in great. I'm sure. Um, he's a guy, everyone, like, he looks like so easy to be around. So easy to get along with. Um, and so easy to have as a teammate. Uh, and that's really important, uh, especially for a team gearing up for a playoff push. Uh, the exact kind of guy you want to add, uh, to a team like that. So would have been nice if the Canucks could get more. Um, but at least they got something. It really points that philosophy that, you know, they are willing to, let things go and, yeah. and not be like, Oh, we don't want to just lose Tyler Mott. Let's just give him too much money. And then it's going to hurt us in the long run anyways. Um, so it's a, it's a move I'm happy with. It was the one thing that they had to make a decision on. And this is what we talked about uh, last Wednesday. Uh, we said the only thing that the Canucks have to make a decision on is Tyler Mott. JT yeah. Miller. You can wait till the off season. Cause he's under, he's controlled. Brock Besser still in RFA. Connor Garland's under contract. Arahalak, whatever. Uh, Tyler Mott was the only one that had a was a ticking clock that you either had to extend or you had to uh, trade away or you lose all leverage and you're probably going to lose him for nothing. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So I know we might touch on Halak, but when you see then Dermot, um, Richardson, a fourth rounder, and net $1.5 million in cap space in, out Hamannick and Mott. And let's treat the third round picks as equals just for the sake of our yeah. conversation. What, what what kind of letter grade, if you're a professor, what kind of letter grade you given Patrick Alvin? I think it's a solid B plus, right? Yeah. I think, and again, I think that's just based on, uh, I think the Hamannick trade was an A plus. Mm-hmm. I think the Dermot trade, a um, little bit of risk to it, but not a lot, right? A third round pick isn't that much risk. Yeah. Um, you know, especially in this year's draft, it's supposed to be super deep apparently anyways. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, I'd say that's like a B plus, you know, that's, yeah. that's a fine, reasonable move to make. Uh, the Tyler Mott one uh, is kind of sad. It's the right decision, um, <laughs> but I wish they could have got more. So it's, it's maybe like a C plus for me just cause it's like, it's something they had to do, but I don't really even want to grade that one. Cause I, I, I think I, I overvalued Tyler Mott uh, just personally, yeah. Overall, it's a it's like a B plus for me uh, yeah. as an overall trade deadline. A pretty good first foray um, as as sort of a Canucks management group. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they did pretty good, and really, it just uh, puts all eyes forward to the off season because that's where a lot of stuff is going to have to happen. Yeah, and in essence, uh, it's probably not right to say that it buys them two more months, but truly if they didn't feel pressured except for Tyler Mott, as, as you clearly and, and nicely established. Yeah. Now they do have more time to really evaluate what they have in Besser in Garland in Horvat, I mean, all these guys. And you start to look at packages around the trade deadline around free agency. And uh, there, I, the wheeling and dealing has just started. I, I, I think some fans Parker were hoping for more anticipating more, but we've seen despite Rutherford's history with Pittsburgh, We've also heard Alvin and Rutherford say they're going to take their time and really figure out what they have in this group. And I, I really think, as we talked about, they wanted to give this current uh, iteration of the team a chance to make a playoff run. We kind of see that slipping away now, but at least they they gave them every opportunity to do so. Yep. Yeah. They gave him they gave him a shot, uh, yeah. and that was that was what they they kind of earned. Uh, and they blew it <laughs> over the last week. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I've asked the chat here to grade the Canucks oh. trade deadline. I know you had done that earlier on your Twitter. Yep. This is good. Uh, so far, we're at seven percent, giving them an A, seventy-five uh, percent with a B, mm-hmm. and nineteen percent with a C. So pretty overwhelming in the B category, which in my mind is good. That, yep. that is good. That's what it um, means. Yeah. Personally, you mentioned you mentioned some people were hoping for more. I was hoping for more selfishly. Um, just out of excitement factor, not necessarily out of making the team better factor. I was like, Oh, let's, let's just do a bunch of stuff because it's just, it's just exciting. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think this is overall a a pretty, pretty solid two days at the office. uh, To be honest, did you block off the whole afternoon just in case you had to make more videos? I had 10 to one blocked, Okay, (laughs) Um, but I was still working, but I had deck on the side just in case. Um, I, I was anticipating maybe making three or four videos today. It was only one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but hey, that's that's fine by me. Yeah, I didn't um, get a chance to see what other creators were doing, but I know guys like well, whatever hockey t- hockey guy and hot take and Lego rocks. When they make videos about other trades, they they could do mul- obviously multiple today. It must be crazy. Those yeah, I know. Guys. I think Lego did like twenty something in the last four days. Um, 
which is let me go to his channel videos. That is crazy. Uh, so today alone, I'm going to guess how many how many videos do you think he made today? Today, in, in uh, the last twelve hours. Okay, I'm going one an hour. Twelve. That seems a little yep, high, but correct. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yesterday he made nine. It looks like. Um, so he is he's working. Yep, uh, that is uh, that is for sure. Um, I made three. <laughs> yeah, they, they did fine. They're good. They're great. They did three moves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but like we said, there is a bunch of moves the Canucks didn't make. Mm. So I wanted to touch on those a little bit. Uh, so we're going to run down the list because I've got, we got like, I guess we can, let's add more names here. There's like six, six names. All right. That the Canucks like could have conceivably traded, right? Their names came up at, excuse me, their names came up at some point uh, over the last little while. Uh, do you want to start bottom of the lineup or top of the lineup? Uh, let's go top. And just be, as you do that, Justin, thank you for the donation. Um, maybe let's see if this comes up. Actually, let's just answer it real quick. Justin, I don't have yeah. it on my list. Okay. Um, but let, Justin wants to know on a Leslie, our, for our first one was the Brock Besser <laughs> is still a Vancouver Canuck. And Very as good. a segue, uh, Justin with a $5 donation saying, thank you. Uh, your thoughts on an off season Besser or Garland for DeBrusque package. Uh, the Bruins resigned to Bruce to a two year, eight mil extension, but he still wants out. That was sort of a sign and trade sort of idea. Um, I think I want more than just DeBrusque. I, I think, yeah. I think DeBrusque is a fine player. Yeah. Uh, I think Besser and Garland are both better. Keep in mind, we have the ninth overall pick for Garland, uh, last year and he, he's analytically a lot better than the points he put up this year. Um, I think DeBrusque is a, is a good player. Uh, but I think I think I'm wanting a pretty high pick thrown in there as well if they're going to make a move like that. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, and I think that's what Justin's intimating with the whole uh, when he says DeBrucks package. Um, yeah, I'd be interested in him as well. And um, but I did say actually, it's funny that um, Justin put these two guys in the same question because Patrick Alvin again in his he did a quick 15 minute media availability, and he did say someone asked him. Did you field a lot of offers on Besser and Garland? Not necessarily for DeBrusque. And he all he said was, um, I, those two are really good players. That's what he said. And he's right. They are. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's something that could happen uh, for yeah. sure. Um, we'll see. Um, but speaking of, Brock Besser, not traded. Uh, still yeah. a Vancouver Canuck. We've gone over the scenario before. Going into this offseason, uh, he... The Canucks half off from a one year at $7.5 million qualifying offer. If they don't have him signed to something else by then, he can always reject it and it can work on a longer term deal uh, at the same time. Uh, if they want to go like six by six, they could do that. Uh, who knows? Um, but they don't make the move now and they didn't have to. This is a move that 100% could be made in the off season. Um, and they, they, just decide to push it off, uh, which they've seemed to do a lot of. And Parker, I'm not making faces at you. I promise I have something in my eye, but uh, I will still keep talking as I rub the heck out of it. This one's going to be the most complicated one, and it's going to actually have the biggest bearing uh, this year on the team, obviously, because Miller, you can worry about throughout the entire. Can you Are you ready for another whole season of Miller talk? But with yes. regards to Bester, <laughs> yeah, this is a very important one because you're right. They could do nothing and sign him for one year and then push this decision by a year. But then now you have a whole year of Miller and Besser talk. I don't know, man. He, I like this guy a lot. 
but he hasn't done much in the past little bit when all eyes have been on him. I don't know. This one's tricky. He has been slumping a little bit. Yeah. Um, if the Canucks think that he will bounce back from it, which yep. it's getting to the point where I don't know how reasonable a bet it is. I think it's like sort of a 50, 50 that he ends up just being like a 25, 25 sort of guy, the rest, you know, for a while, uh, maybe he breaks out and ends up being like a 35, 30, right? Like 65 points or something like that. But that's, that's sort of the upside the Canucks have to gamble on. If they think that he's in a bit of a, in a bit of a slump, uh, and that next year and forward, he is a better player then you make the risk and you go longer term at a lower amount of money because that money is getting lower basically every game at this point because he hasn't <laughs> looked very good lately. Um, so they could go out and, you know, if they could lock him in uh, for a longer term or lower cap hit and then he gets better and starts outperforming that, then that is great. It's obviously risky, um, but it's also risky to sign him for one year at seven and a half million dollars because then you have to fit, you have to probably get rid of someone else to fit everything into the cap. It's a really tricky one. Um, I don't envy the situation the Canucks are in. Uh, I think I like Brock Besser too much to be like, okay, well, let's just, just get rid of him at the off season because I think Brock Besser is someone that could really punish you for that trade down the line. I agree with you. I have that feeling too. And he's still young. And the thing is he wants to be here. We've talked about this too. Horvat and Besser always say how much they want to stay here. Miller has never said that. And he doesn't have to say that. No one, you know, no one's judging him or no one's forcing him to say that. But man, yes, I, I agree with you about Besser. It's got, it's not the same type of player, Cam Neely, but I get the Cam Neely vibe is we're going to trade him if we do. And then he's going to come back to haunt us. <laughs> Potentially. Like yeah, it is. It's a, it's something that, that sort of looms over their heads. Yeah. Um, staying at the top of the lineup. Um, JT Miller, as we sort yeah. of touched on remaining a Canuck. Um, and I think this one makes a lot of sense. Uh, he, he straight up overplayed. He played too good, uh, over the last, uh, over the last month. Um, basically going two points per game for, for a month straight, uh, just priced himself out. Uh, you know, he, he was no longer in the two firsts territory. Even it was yeah. like, Hey, well, you want this guy for this year and next year. Um, to, who is a, a top, basically top 10 scorer in the NHL, you're going to have to pay a ton. Uh, and it just got too expensive for anybody. Uh, Colorado was seemingly interested a little bit, um, but for the Canucks, they can just wait. Again, it's, an, it's one where they can just ride it out for the rest of this year. You have a lot more time in the offseason, a lot more flexibility. We've talked in the past how right now there's maybe a handful, maybe like five or six teams that are true Stanley Cup contenders that might want to make a deal for a guy like JT Miller and really go all in. Um, where in the off season, you might have 20 teams who are, mm -hmm. uh, who would just really like to add a JT Miller and then maybe try to work an extension out and have, have a guy for the next seven years. Um, so for the Canucks, it, it just makes a lot of sense. Push it off. It, it you're not yeah. in a rush to get this one done. Um, and, uh, and, and give yourself some time in the off season. And you, good point, as always, with his own great play, he priced himself out of the market. <laughs> and then uh, I know last Wednesday, we it was fresh off the Tomas Hurdle signing, and we were joking about if he's making eight point whatever, just a bit more over eight for Too eight much. years. Yeah, who knows what JT Miller is going to ask for, but uh, we'll worry about that next season. Yeah, uh, JT or Tom, Tomas Hurdle got, got absolutely paid. 
Um, and it also keeps that extension window open a little bit. Um, we've heard, you know, the rumors sort of floating around that maybe he doesn't want to, um, stay here, but again, that's all hearsay. We've also heard that the Canucks are kind of thinking that maybe they do want to extend JT Miller, um, which it seems a little scary, but Hey, you know, they can do the math I'll, I'll let them, um, yeah, it's uh, it just it just gives you more options at that time. It gives you a little more, bit more leverage too, right? You can work on that extension for the. You can work from from April, whenever the last game is, April thirtieth, mm-hmm. uh, up until July one or whenever free agency starts. I don't know if it's July one this year or up to the draft. Let's say mm-hmm. uh, you got you'll have like two months. You know, you have all of May, most of June uh, to work something out. And if you can't work anything out by draft day, well, then you have a really 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 good player that you can really try to move up in the draft it with or just get a bunch of assets for right the canucks probably will be picking what like 14th in the draft let's guess let's say around yeah. there maybe like the, the higher, 11 yeah. 11 yeah. to 16 range yeah um you know maybe maybe they want to use that uh, that jt miller maybe they want to use jt miller to move up maybe they want to use jt miller to just add more picks later in the draft like who knows uh that it just gives them a lot more flexibility uh, around draft day i know all good points and i want to acknowledge lucas's donation we will get to your uh, i know that's something that parker and i talked about we will touch on in a little bit but yes yep. we'll talk about the Danov trade fiasco in a bit but thank you lucas for the donation as always it's on the list you got uh, it. It is on the list. Uh, anything else on JT Miller that you want to touch on? No, nah, we're going to be talking about him a lot. I think in the next 16 months, <laughs> probably um, Connor Garland, still yeah. Canuck. Um, I didn't, I, st- I didn't get the idea of trading Connor Garland. That was the one that I just didn't understand. Cost yeah. controlled, decent cap hit. They just paid a ninth overall pick for him. Essentially. Yeah. Um, he, he is, Sure, he's not producing at the level that he could be, and I think that's more reason not to trade him. I think his value is probably lower than it should be um, because he just hasn't been producing on the scoreboard, even though analytically his his on-ice impact is undeniable. Uh, He's one of the best Canucks players at 5-on-5. He just can't seem to produce for whatever reason. Uh, So next year, we're, we're genuinely looking at a player who could put up 60 points next year, and it wouldn't be that crazy. Um, yeah, people, yeah, people were are saying that I guess the one knock or maybe why they were thinking it is he's not a Rutherford type of player and that he's not a, a speedster or whatever. But uh, he, I've seen enough pretty cool moves for me that that tells me that he's a dangerous player and I, I want him on my team at four point nine for four more years. How could that not be your type of player? Watching him play like it's it's so fun to watch. <laughs> I, I would love like you want to have a Connor Garland, but yeah, yeah this is one that I, I didn't see going that far. Uh, and again, I don't know much, you know, about the inner workings, but it, sure. it ju- I just didn't like the idea from the start of everyone sort of on the list of guys that could get traded. Uh, he was on my bottom of uh, of the totem pole there. Yep, I'm glad. I'm glad he's still here. Uh, Tyler Myers name was floated out a little bit over the last week. Um, if the Canucks were able to have gotten anything for him, I think this would have been, been great, but they already did that with Travis Hamanick. That's good enough. Uh, they did great. Uh, any thoughts on Tyler Myers? No. Are you okay with two more years of him? A 6 million. Is that all that's left? Two years at 6 million. I actually thought it was yeah. more, but people reminded me it's only two more years. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. And I think it's because remember when that, that contract was like initially rumored before free agency, it was like, oh, it's going to be seven years or six years or whatever. And then it was, it got, they sort of like over, I think they like 
oversold it to the media to try to make the impact lesson when it actually came out as being less numbers. Yeah. Um, by the way, um, it's getting into tradable contract territory, yeah. right? And I, as yes. the years get down and as Tyler Myers gets a little better, um, you know, he's eating a bunch of minutes a night. He's not terrible. Um, yeah. he makes some nice plays sometimes he makes mistakes, but you know, as, as wide aren't says he is just chaos, uh, personified. Um, what's to stop them from, from trading him in the off season or, and maybe getting something small, um, or at the deadline next year. And again, yep. it might be tricky, uh, but you could uh, theoretically trade Tyler Myers at the deadline next year, retain 50%. So it's a $3 million contract for the other team. Uh, and that's a, that's a guy who can eat 20 minutes a night in the playoffs. Uh, mm -hmm. like that's, that's a valuable piece. Um, so I, I don't think they had to trade him now. I, I think this is, uh, again, that, that $6 million hurts a little bit, but he eats a lot of minutes and it's something yep. you need. And I'll add a bit of intrigue for you, Parker. He has a full no trade up until July 1st of this mm. year. And then he goes to a two, a 10 team, no trade list. Guess what? That means there's 31 other teams, 21, excuse me, bad math, 21 other teams you can trade with. So yes, all exactly what you said in the final two years, maybe they are going to explore moving him, retaining a little bit, but there's way more flexibility starting on July of the first. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the defense, our last name on this list is Luke Shen. Oh, yeah. Um, Luke Shen was what, uh, uh, Luke Shen, sort of the opposite of Connor Garland for me. A lot of people said, um, don't trade Luke Shen. He's hard and soul this team. And I was kind of like, eh, trade Luke Shen. You can probably get some decent form. Although seeing some of the returns that we did, um, I don't know what that return would have been. If we're talking around a third, then sure. I, I don't care too much about keeping him to next year. I think he's a pretty good piece for a, a team like the Canucks. That's trying to ideally make the playoffs next year um especially if boudreaux still around um and so i guess it's fine and again if everything goes poorly next year you can probably train him at the deadline for the same thing you would have got from this year yes. uh maybe a little bit less but um again easier to just put this one off yeah and ticks off so many boxes 850 grand so cost controlled boudreaux loves them alvin loves them hits seven or eight hits a game can play with Hughes better than Hamannick did. So yeah, the, I, I could see why other teams would want him, but that, that's kind of what you want next year when you are trying to save money. 850 for a second pairing guy, maybe he's playing above his weight, you know, his weight class a little bit, but still, yeah, that's a good contract for us for sure. Yeah. He's a fine piece. And again, yep. if everything goes poorly next year, you can trade him. Uh, yep. And I mean, you can even trade him at the draft if you want to, again, if, if people are lining up for him, uh, again, no real rush uh, on anyone except Mott. Uh, so that's right. fine. Uh, Yara Halak was the last one on my list. Actually, <laughs> I skipped him. Um, there was rumors 30 minutes before the deadline that he's willing to waive now. Um, but I did he, I don't think he had any value. Um, no. I mean, Toronto maybe could have wanted Halak. Um, and if, but I don't think they would have wanted to take on that cap hit next year. Um, because Toronto had that whole, um, goalie fiasco on waivers today. Um, so eh, eh, whatever, <laughs> it's kind of the boat I'm in. And you know, it's, uh, did you hear about, so Parker, I'm sure you saw the footage of a parent. It looked like he was upset at Boudreaux for telling him yeah. to go in, but Boudreaux, did you hear his, re his reply and what his, his reasoning was? I did. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, Boudreaux basically said that he told Halak after they scored the fourth goal, be ready to go in at any time. And then when he finally did tell him at the end of the second, you're starting the third, he claimed that Halak said to Red, the trainer, um, um, did he say that I'm going in? Not, I'm not going to go in or why am I going in? Yeah. So that's what Boudreaux said. Yeah, he looked angry though. He did. He did. And, his body uh, language, yeah, said a different thing. Yeah, and I think I and I saw people like, "Wow, Canucks fans are getting mad about everything now." I was like, "Well, I mean, Sportsnet on national television kind of played it up, right? Bieksa yeah. and 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 uh, and Kelly Rudy were were playing it up a little bit, but yeah, uh, he's still here for the last twenty games of the season. Um, yeah. Maybe he'll be a bit of tank commander. Uh, surprised he didn't play last night. To be honest, that was weird yeah. to me. Um, but hey, he's still here. Yeah. And he got his bonus, so we can play him all 18 games if you want going for I know they're not going to, but yes, we'll see what happens. Like I feel like they should. <laughs> Just let Demko rest. <laughs> Get his money's um, worth, yeah. The man deserves it. Um, all right. So that's that's our Canucks coverage. Uh, like oh. we said, um B, B plus. I think yep. we're both pretty satisfied with what they did. Um, I was a lot less scared this morning did, did you feel that way a little bit less stressed maybe than than deadlines past yeah i think that's fair i was more i, I wouldn't say i was like a kid on on christmas morning I, I wasn't wrought with anticipation but i wasn't scared either i think that's a really good point yeah yeah i was like curious i was like all right well they, hey you know we got smart people let's see what they can pull out today <laughs> uh and yesterday uh and they they did just fine and mm -hmm. uh and that works for me. It wasn't like, oh no, what's the return? Like the the panic. Um, so so that's good. Um, do we want to talk about the Dadnoff situation? Because it's so so funny yeah, to me. Let's do that for five minutes. We talk about the Canucks three games for five minutes, and then we'll see where we're at at eleven o'clock. Sounds good. All right. Um, I didn't. Uh, I haven't looked to see if there's any updates in the last hour. I don't think there is because it'd be at the top of my Twitter. Right. Um, so the dad and of situation for some backstory, uh, last or I guess in the off season, um, Ottawa trades dad Nov to Vegas. Uh, dad Nov had a 10 team, no trade list. So he can define 10 teams that he cannot be traded to. He had given this list to the Ottawa senators in theory, Vegas was not on that list. So they were able to trade him to Vegas. Um, Vegas this is already never funny. received this list. Cool. This list was never given to Vegas. So Vegas said, well, we don't have your list. So clearly you do not have a no trade clause right now because you don't have teams defined on it. Um, so we are going to trade you to the Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> and the Anaheim Ducks said yes. And the trade was, you know, sort of publicized. Um, and then hours later, it's still not finalized. And they're like, yeah, it's kind of like around the league office for whatever reason. And apparently Dadnov and I guess his agent said, yeah, Anaheim was on our no trade list. We cannot, you cannot trade us to Anaheim. Even though you have told everyone you have traded us to Anaheim, you cannot trade us to Anaheim. Well, Vegas comes out and says, well, you, you didn't give us your no trade list. Yeah. And he said, no, I gave it to Ottawa. When or when I was required to submit my no trade list, I gave my no trade list to Ottawa. That still applies, is what he says. And Vegas says, well, we didn't receive it. Now, this is one of those scenarios for Vegas where they have sort of been like kind of cheeky 
And instead of going to Dadnov and saying, hey, we don't have your list, they said, well, we're just going to not say anything because if we don't have his list, he can't give us a list. Um, and it's sort of blowing up in their faces, it looks like right now. Basically, Ottawa made a mistake by not making it part of the trade call, which it was supposed to be when the trade happened. Vegas tried to play it kind of sleazy and and not like confirm that they should have had it. And just be like, well, you didn't submit it to us. We don't have it. Um, and that seems to be at no fault of Dadnov or, their, or his agent because they submitted it to Ottawa, which was what they were required to do at the start of the league year. Um, so what it looks like might happen, and I'm not 100% sure on this, but it looks like Vegas might get screwed over here. Uh, <laughs> and so it, there, there's two ways this plays out. One is Evgeny Dadnov's, if the trade gets nixed, yeah. Dadnov stays with Vegas. Yep. Dadnov need or they needed to get rid of him. They paid a second round pick to get rid of him because they need the cap space <laughs> desperately to put a roster together. Um so if that trade doesn't go through, they get kind of screwed in that way. Dadnov is now stuck on a team that he knows they don't want him or they at least <laughs> want to trade him. Uh the other scenario is it does go through to Anaheim. Uh everyone hates Vegas. Uh, and Dadnov's unhappy because he wasn't, he didn't want to go to Anaheim in the first place. So Dadnov's kind of stuck in the middle. <laughs> There's no win situation. Vegas looks like, like jerks, like they did with the flurry situation. They see this seem to keep being in the middle of these situations where they, they're the bad guy. Weird. Hey, that, that keeps happening to them. Yeah, surprise, Maybe it's surprise. the people in charge. Um, and all in all, I think it's absolutely hilarious. You know, and I, Excellent storytelling, Parker. That was well said. And you know the Canucks connection, right? This was part of the, the third round pick that went with Holden for Dadanov was the one that we traded to Vegas for Nate Schmidt. <laughs> yeah, and it's the one that the Canucks got Just back got today <laughs> or, or yesterday for Travis Hamlet. Uh, as long as it's not by guilt by association, then our trade gets nixed. Uh, I, mean, I know it's not going to, but that's that's just so funny how there's a Canucks wrinkle to it. So, Dadanov, $5 million. Was that? I don't know what happens. Does yeah, like no, I, who gets in trouble here? Like, because clearly the league is going to be frustrated about this, right? They're still working on it. It's it's 2 a.m. at league at the league offices <laughs> right now. And they're I they're probably still have to figure this out. The NHLPA is now involved yeah. um, for obvious reasons. Whose fault is it? Is it Ottawa's fault because they didn't transmit this trade list? Is it Vegas's fault for not confirming? Is it both of their faults? Will there be any punishment for it? Right. It's here's my guess, Parker. Tell, tell me, here's my guess. Just, just my uneducated guess. I think they are going to nix the trade because I think even though Ottawa didn't submit it to Vegas, they're going to say, if there's any written proof anywhere, they're going to say that that's a yeah. binding agreement. And that's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, and that's what Sarah Valley, I think, sort of implied. Mm. Uh, he tweeted out um, two hours ago at 8.32 p.m. He said... Uh, if all of the above is true, which mm -hmm. is that if uh, he had submitted it to Ottawa before the due date, uh, the ultimate responsibility is born on Vegas to make sure uh -huh. that they are in receipt of the list and the list is on file with the NHL. Um, after all, the fact that Dadnov had a 10-team no, tr no-trade clause is no secret. It's listed on Puckpedia and Cap Friendly. So <laughs> sort of like throwing a little bit of shade there, which is 100% fair, right? They knew that he had a 10-team no-trade clause. They just didn't say anything because they thought they could get away with it. Uh, and it might be blowing up in their faces, and I think it's great.
And the, the Canucks wrinkle to this too. Yes. Imagine the, the trade gets nixed. As, as Justin said, Dadanov doesn't get, is, is not happy. Vegas um, has a tough time with a salary cap. And imagine a perfect world where we were a tiny bit better and we were actually battling Vegas and Edmonton for that playoff spot. Then we'd be laughing even harder, even harder. The, uh, the chat here is not in favor of Vegas, which is very fun <laughs> to me. Uh, Lucas with a $5. Thank you very much. Says, I, I guess you can say what happens if Vegas stays in Vegas. Vegas, Vegas making the league look real bad. It is. It does kind of make the league look bad. Um, but honestly, to me, it's just funny. Um, yes. And it's, yes. it's nice to get some drama uh, after yeah. the trade deadline. That is exciting. Um, uh, what else was there? Yeah, um, thank you, Lucas, for that donation. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Dad and happens in Vegas. So he's staying in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, it is just a it is just a disaster. Uh, and it's it's fun. <sighs> And uh, Love yeah, it. hopefully, hopefully this really hurts Vegas's chance in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, if they even make the playoffs, if they, if they get there. If they um, get there. So that's that's sort of the one thing I want to talk about. Uh, I guess did you want to mention sort of winners and losers from the entire trade deadline as a yeah, whole today? Sure, you had some thoughts. I'd be happy to. I think. Um, I, I yeah, I'll just name a couple, and I would we love your thoughts in the chat. We might not get to read all your comments, but we'd like to know who you think are the winners and losers. Uh, three winners to me. One of them is Colorado. No big names, but they added a lot of bottom six uh, four depth, and I think that's that's going to help them. Obviously, gearing up for a long playoff run. Florida getting uh, the best four that was moved, Claude Giroux, and you know Ben Chirot, whatever. He's he's okay, but they still beefed up. Uh, at they already had a very deep forward group, and now they're even better. And I'd say um, Minnesota got better as well, obviously, with, with Marc-Andre Fleury. And if he can find his form, Vesna Trophy winner last year, um, that's you never know. They could come out of that central division. On the flip side, I think teams that did not do well, I am surprised Edmonton did not get a goalie. We just spoke about Vegas uh, for a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, I think Dallas is a team. They didn't do a single thing, and they're right on the cusp of making the, the playoffs. So is it an admission that they don't think they're going to go far or admission that they think they can do it with their current roster. So there are some options out there for winners and losers that, that I just want to bring up real quick. I want to throw Toronto in the mix in the losers yep. category um, because they went out and they signed a goalie uh, who put a nine twenty six this year in the KHL. Uh, and because of the stupid rule that says, if you sign someone from Europe, uh, they have to go through waivers. <laughs> If it's in the middle of the season, which is just so bizarre because <laughs> it's like, oh, we went through, we went through and found the guy. No one else did. Yep. Uh, and it's no secret who he was. Um, and then Arizona's like, hey, we'll just, we'll, we'll take him. That's cool. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so that was funny. So yeah, Toronto doesn't have a goalie. Uh, Edmonton doesn't have a goalie. Uh, mm-hmm. And you need goalies. Yeah. Especially in the playoffs. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Oh, uh, Luke is also mentioning Seattle. I think Seattle was a pretty good winner. Um, How many pits? Big losers from the expansion draft. Pretty big winners uh, today. uh, Getting rid of a lot of pieces and getting a lot of picks. I think they have what something like thirty-two picks over the next three drafts or something (laughs) like that. They are in full-on accumulation mode. I do want to check that. Let's go teams. Seattle Kraken. So they have uh, four picks in the second round this year. Three in the fourth. Everything else is just one. Next year, they have three picks in the second round, two in the third, three in the fourth. Um, so they have just been in full-on accumulation mode. Uh, so five, so six picks in the first three rounds, five picks in the first two rounds this year. 
um, and a total of five, six, nine, 10, 11, 12 picks uh, in this year's draft. Uh, so good on them. They are going to get young. Uh, I Watch think out. I, I saw a stat that they have more picks in the next three drafts than they have players on their roster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I believe it. So, I believe it. Uh, so they are, they are racking up. Watch out for this team in six or seven years. My, my friends. <laughs> yep. Hey, Hey, I think it's, it's the right, it's the right approach yep. to take. Yep. Um, considering they've only won, I think 18 games this year. Nice. Um, do we want to talk about, um, the Vancouver Canucks three hockey well, games? For let's about just acknowledge, let's acknowledge what happened. How about that? Uh, the Canucks lost three games making their, their road trip a, a total of two, three, and two. This took oh. their playoff odds down from uh, a blistering 30% as they had rocketed their way up. Oh. Uh, and it is now sitting at drum roll, please. As I scroll 8%. Oh my. So pre pre Boudreau numbers now again, in percentage no, they wise. were lower. Okay. They were like, they were 2% before Boudreau. <laughs> Uh, but they did get it up to like 25% uh, earlier this week, fall into a free fall. Um, and that leaves me one question for you. Team Tank, are we back? I, Parker, you know, you will not get me to say the word. I do not believe in it. I uh, People try and trick me all the time into saying it. Uh, no, I, 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 I don't, I, I don't believe in it. It doesn't work. Well, I guess it, it does work if you do it really, really well and you get lucky. But I will never advocate for this, but I understand. I'm not dumb. I understand why I get the whole thing about your odds and blah, blah, blah. But I, I just can't. I can't even say the word, man. I can't even say the word. I think the Canucks, my goal, my my tank dream is they just need, they need to get up. They need to get up to the 11th best odds because the new yeah. rule is you can only jump 10 spots. Right. No, then they can go to the top. Now I'm going to hit the sim lottery button once. Okay. Like right now. Just for fun. Right now. Okay. The Canucks jump nine spots to fourth. There we go. Okay. Hey, look at that. Uh, good sign. That's the only time I will do that until next week. Um, <laughs> cool. That's the first time that's worked out. I think. Very good. Um, Don't do right, it ever again. Just keep it like that. Yep. That's the team tank scenario. Uh, let's take some viewer questions, I guess. It is 11, but it is trade deadline day. We can go an extra five, 10 minutes or so. Sure. So sure. we'll take a couple of questions. Um, so if you've got any questions relating to the deadline or the off season or why the Canucks are playing so bad, please don't ask about that. Um, then we will be glad to answer them again if it's not about how bad the team is playing. Yes. All right. Let's see. Uh, coach Rob asks clay, when you put gas in your car, where does it go? Where does my car go? It goes on the road. I, no, where's the gas ask? go? I think is what he was asking. Yeah. And that metal part of the car that makes it mm. run. Yeah. I'm not gonna say that. Nice try. <laughs> Thank you though. Uh, um, everyone's going to try and get a state in the great. Thanks a lot. Uh, Noah asks, how much would you resign high more for? What's he at right now? Seven, seven, something, right? Seven fifty, seven twenty-five. He's an RFA. Uh, so the Canucks will have his rights. I'm sure the qualifying offer is nothing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it tells you that on Podia. That's what I clicked on. Uh, doesn't look like it does. That's okay. Uh, so he makes 750 now. Definitely deserves a raise. Um, I am in the boat of, 
throw him a million bucks. Yep. Give him a cool one million. Nice and easy. Yeah. We'll be happy with that. And yep. may, so currently his current contract, his minor salary is the same as his full salary. I think uh, you do that again. Um, I think you you say it's a million if you're in the NHL. It's a million if you're in the minors. It's a contract that you can 100% bury if he gets worse somehow. Yeah. Um, but look, he's, uh, he's 26. Uh, just turned 26. Um, so I think, you know, if you go two years at $1.1 million, I think that's fine. He might want to, I don't know. That's, that, that seems fine yep. to me. And, and let's I don't know if do you a take quick, it, but yeah, let's do a quick 30 second teaching point. Cause it, you said that, well, uh, when you hear one way versus two way contracts, just think about that's how you get paid. Highmore has a one way contract. So whether he's in the minors or in the HL, he only gets paid one way. He gets paid 725. A two-way means you make way more when you're in the pros than you do in the minors. You get paid two different ways. You get paid either a lot or a little bit. So, yes, I agree with you, Parker. He'll get another one-way, and let's go with a million bucks. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. Look at that. People yeah. trying to get me to say the T-word. It's ridiculous. Look at Marcus. What is a heavily armored vehicle with ammunition that is typically used in warlike situation? Well, that's a beast. That's a, that's a beast. <laughs> sure. Uh, um, okay. What else do we got here? Um. Oh, I like Justin's. Assuming Hughes, Justin. Myers, OEL, Pullman, Shen, Dermott all start next season. Um, how does this affect Rathbone's chances? Is he still going to be the seventh guy? He just like put it. It's right at the bottom, actually. He just put it on right Got now. Got it. Sorry. There you go. I'm struggling. No, no problem. So there's our top seven. No, six, it looks like. So Myers, OEL, Pullman, and Shen, and Dermott. And Hughes. And Hughes. Yeah. Hughes. So Hughes is obviously still here. Mm -hmm. um, Myers is probably still here. OEL is probably still here. Shen's probably still here. Pullman, I'm hoping they can do something about. Me too. And have uh, Dermot like, and Rathbone as your third pairing. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah, then I think that's that's sort of my my idea. Yeah, right there. Um, yeah, I, again, I, I think Rathbone's a guy that's, that's just going to be there for injury depth. Uh, and I think that's totally fine. Uh, if they don't make a move, uh, I could also see them bringing in more cheap defensive free agents like Brad hunt, uh, but not Brad hunt. Um, and I, I think that's probably the way to go. Yeah. Between Hughes Myers and, um, OEL, that's a lot of money in three defensemen, right? Seven, yep. eight and six. So 21 million, basically eight, eight and six. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that Tucker Pullman contract needs to go. Uh, Justin asks, you know, will they will teams take Pullman's contract? I bet someone will. Um, yeah. I think I think you can make something work. You might have to retain a little, uh, which I hope they don't. Um, yeah, it's going to be tricky. The three years makes it tricky, um, but I think they might be able to make something happen, even if you get like a sixth for it, or if you get nothing for it, or if to give up a six to get rid of it, I think that's all worth it. Uh, and I think, uh, they'll try to move that one. Yep. I agree. I agree with you. Um, Lucas is asking if we're going to be covering the Abbotsford Canucks, uh, cause mm -hmm. they're going to clinch a playoff berth. Uh, we'll probably touch on it. Um, yeah. if, if things are interesting, Pod Colson got papered down today, so yeah. he's eligible to compete. 
which makes me want to go. So maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll head over to uh, to a game or two. That's where we met. Game. Maybe we'll have to re-meet. Yeah, and uh, yeah, actually, Patrick Alvin actually talked about that Parker in his in his presser today too. He just said, yeah, he thinks anytime your young players can get any type of playoff experience in any type of league. So that's the reasoning, which makes sense. And yeah, obviously it helps the get them some first power play unit, get them some first line minutes, and it helps the team obviously too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That sounds good to me. People mentioning that, uh, who was that? Uh, Fuzzy was he saying that uh, Pullman's contract is buyout friendly. That is actually true. Um, if they were to buy it out uh, next season, uh, then it would be uh, $1.2 million next year. Uh, and then 400,000 for two years and then about 900,000 for three years. So it'd get really long, but it would be really cheap oh. if they wanted to do that. Um, so it is possible. Um, again, I, I don't like buyouts cause you're, you are yeah. paying for nothing. Yeah. Um, but I could see why they'd go that route yeah. if they needed to add them to the list. We already paying out two or three other ones. So <laughs> yeah. Um, what else do we have? Uh, Eternal Science says, how do you see that this team after the deadline, given how they paid a third round pick? Uh, and I think he's saying, how do you say they did well based on his other comments? Uh, mm. How did how do we say that they did well when they paid a third, but only received a low fourth? So they didn't pay a third because they also received a third. So right. the thirds kind of cancel out, right? Let's get that yeah. straight. Yeah. Uh, in reality, they traded off Tyler Mott for a fourth round pick, which is fair. Uh, and then they traded Travis Hamannick for Travis Dermott, which is an upgrade uh, in every single sense of the word. Uh, so I would say that's how they did well. I agree. Yep. And that's why we give them B and B plus, but that, that's a fair question. Cause uh, uh, I, I think some, I'm not saying eternal silence does, but I think some people still have the thought that they're, they're colored a bit by the fact that they thought we could have got more from Mott, which is understandable. Yeah, and I did too. Um, yeah. but they couldn't. <laughs> and again, they yeah. still took the right approach into in getting something uh instead of nothing. Yep. Uh all right. Anything else you wanna hit on here? Well, I, I just appreciate it. I saw our numbers go up quite a bit and uh today, which was great. Uh, and I know you're gonna give the spiel for subscribing and leaving uh five star reviews and all that, but we appreciate this. We're coming up on a year. Uh, in a, in, a, in a few weeks and we knew that today was gonna be a fun show you guys kept it going so thank you for the donations and thank you uh to all of you for sticking with us even with that one uh, scheduling blip last week but we're we're back on track <laughs> yep so thank you guys very much as clay said that i would say um make sure you're subscribed uh and i think you have to be to chat so those of you who haven't chatted make sure you're subscribed hit the hit the red button there uh, if you missed any part of the show, and I know lots of you did, because again, I can see the, I want to call out our average watch time is like over 20 minutes tonight, which is crazy high. That's um, good, right? For a live stream, that's crazy high. Uh, so thank you guys for sticking with us. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to rewind back to the beginning, you can. It'll also be up on your favorite podcast platform in a matter of about 20 minutes or so. Uh, Apple Podcasts, you give us a five-star review, hit like on the video, do all that good stuff. You guys know the drill at this point. Uh, Clay, any parting words for the night? Well, um, I'm just uh, now, honestly, I'm excited to see um, what Dermot can do. I'm less excited to see Richardson. I'm still always intrigued. Maybe I'm in, excited by Dermot and intrigued by Richardson. And we got a tough road trip. Isn't this the Colorado, Minnesota back-to-back? -back? I genuinely haven't looked. 
Okay. Let's, I have let's been, I, I tuned out for a little bit. And uh, yes, it is Wednesday, Thursday, back to back. Okay. I'm sure so, they'll win them both. Oh yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we're going to go 14 and four and make the playoffs. Let's no, do it. Why not? I don't, I don't think. Uh, all right. Uh, have a good night, everyone. Uh, and we will talk to you uh, after the next one.